Welcome into the Locked On Knicks podcast, Gavin Shaw, Alex Wolf, and it's the player review you were all dreading. It's Alfred Payton. Uh, we will uh, lament some of the failures this year, and uh, yeah, Alex, what, what else am I going to talk about? Well, I compiled a good number of stats uh, on Alfred Payton, a lot of them from cleaning the glass, none of them painting a particularly pretty picture about Alfred and what he did this season. We also are going to talk about what Elf means for the team going forward, not so much in the sense of if he's going to be part of the team, but what his high amount of playing time under Tibbs this year kind of means for what Tibbs' approach is going forward and how the Knicks can kind of take away certain temptations from him. So there's that a lot more to talk about in this Alfred Payton-centric player review next on Locked on Knicks. You are Locked On Knicks, your daily New York Knicks podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. And I think we see Willis coming out. There he comes right now. You're locked on Knicks. This episode is brought to you by Green Room. Download the app and join Alex and I today at 5.30 to get in on the action. Green Room, changing the way we talk sports. Again, I'm Gavin Shaw, a play-by-play broadcaster, uh, resumed play-by-play broadcaster, and of course, your co-host. He's Alex Wolf, editor-in-chief of the greatest Knicks website out there. The Strickland, go check it out. They're going to have a whole bunch of great draft coverage coming up this week. And Alex, I, I, I've i been trying to stretch out this intro. I, I wanted to delay the inevitable as long as humanly possible, but I guess it's that time. Why, why, don't, why don't you drop some knowledge on Alfred Payton and, and just how he hurt the Knicks in various capacities this year? Uh, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to do the stats real quick, Gavin, then I'll throw it to you for... I don't want this to totally turn into the roast of Alfred Payton, but I don't see any other way that this can go. Uh, So Alfred Payton this year, 63 games, 63 starts. He started every game he appeared in. Averaged 10.1 points, 3.4 rebounds, 3.2 assists per game in 23 and a half minutes per game. Shot 43.2% from the field, 28.6% from three. And 68.2% from the free throw line. Here's where things get fun. The team was 9.9 points worse per 100 possessions with Alfred Payton on the floor per cleaning the glass. That's the 11th percentile in the NBA. Derrick Rose, for comparison's sake, was a plus 10.6 per 100 possessions when he was on the floor. He was also part of the five worst Knicks lineups, five worst five-man lineups, I should say, per cleaning the glass. That includes the starting lineup for most of the season, which was, of course, Alfred Payton, Reggie Bullock, R.J. Barrett, Julius Randle, Nerlens Noel. That lineup was uh, 4.5 points per 100 possessions worse in 1,112 possessions together this season. Because they were the starters, and 
oftentimes starting the third quarter, sometimes closing the game at earlier points in the season. That number was, I believe, double any other five-man grouping that the Knicks fielded this year. So they they invested by far the most time in a lineup that was four and a half points worse per 100 possessions than otherwise. For comparison's sake, again, that same lineup with Derrick Rose inserted was a plus 17.1 per 100 possessions in 252 total possessions this year. Just ridiculous. You're talking about a 20, 23 point swing between those, or sorry, 20, 22 point swing, roughly 21, 22 point swing between those two. Uh, if you talk about the negative impact of Elf with that lineup versus the positive impact with Derrick Rose. Uh, Elf also shot 57.4% at the rim, which is really not good, and didn't generate free throws, which would be what you need to do to offset not shooting well at the rim. For example, Julius Randle, RJ Barrett, not fantastic at shooting around the rim, but both generated a good amount of free throws, which makes up for it. Alfred Payton did not, only shot 1.7 free throws per game. And this is my last stat, uh, and then I'll throw it to you, Gavin, for a little analysis. Uh, He had a career-low assist percentage of 21.6% and a career-high usage percentage of 23.2% while shooting. I mean, those slash numbers that I mentioned earlier were not the worst of his career in total. Uh, He has shot slightly worse from three, slightly worse from the field. I actually didn't check free throw percentage. That might have been his worst free throw percentage of his career. But basically what those the assist percentage and usage percentage means is that he was calling his own number a lot more often than he was looking to set up teammates, despite his role on any team effectively being to drive and kick. When you're not a great finisher around the rim, you want to at least drive in, give the impression that you're going to finish around the rim, and then kick it out to someone who can shoot a three. Did not do a lot of that. Had... His assist percentage at 21.6 was actually almost 10 percentage points lower than any point in his career. Otherwise, he he had almost a 30% assist percentage otherwise. But Gavin, with all those fantastic statistics in mind, uh, what was what's the first thing coming to your mind about takeaways for Alfred Payton this season? Uh, blood pressure going up, uh, <laughs> frustration... Uh, considering uh, moving to Antarctica and just being away from all, all possible televisions for a couple of years, yeah, that's uh, I, I I was I was done with them like everyone else, and, and like like most people, um, I was obviously I thought the uh, not that this has to be super relevant to the conversation, but I thought the the personal attacks on him were kind of gross and and uncalled for, and. But from a basketball perspective, it was it was all warranted, and it wasn't it wasn't even him. I mean, like you you kind of are who you are as a basketball player. Like I I, I think the the biggest shock for me was that even though I really didn't like watching him play last year, and I was frustrated with him, there there were a lot of stats, and maybe it was just well, it it, it just gave you perspective on how awful the Knicks' other options were at point guard a year ago, but he was relatively beneficial when he was on the floor a season ago and was at the very least a really good playmaker. And it was just, it was surreal to see how all these different aspects of his game just abandoned him as the season went on. I mean, a guy who at least had stretches of good one-on-one defensive play in the past and early this season that 
felt completely absent down the stretch. It, it seemed like he he was just neutral on that end. Like he, he didn't he didn't really care one way or another what happened. Um, and then offensively, I mean, to your point it, in talking about his best game, he had stretches where he was very good at getting to the rim. Um, his mid range game was pretty decent. Those were those were just gone, and it felt like he was like losing skills by the day as the season went along. So I almost, we, we, we spent so much time lamenting him starting. I almost, I don't think it, I, I know, I know the nature of this is that we're doing a review, but I almost don't think that matters anymore. I, I think it's just kind of looking forward and saying, all right, if you're the Knicks front office, and this is something I've talked about before, but all right, let's take our first break and remind everyone that this episode is brought to you by Green Room. Green Room is the first social audio platform made for sports fans. The app is free to download, and once you're in, you can talk with me, Alex, other fans, athletes, and insiders. We're insiders, I think. In real time, about your favorite team or sport. We'll be hosting rooms for Locked On Knicks once a week, so yes, you, that's right, you, can finally join in on the conversation you listen to on here every day. Green Room is the perfect place to start or join conversations about the NBA. You'll find fans just like you on Green Room for watch parties, debates, post-game breakdowns, and of course, reacting to big news or rumors. So once again, be sure to join us this week. We'll be hosting a room today at 5.30. Go download the free Green Room app now, currently available on all iOS devices and Android. Be sure to create a profile, link your Twitter, and join the NBA group for the latest league updates. Follow me at Gavin Shaw, Alex at Alex Wolf to be notified when our rooms go live. I know you won't want to miss it. Again, we're planning to go live today at 5.30. I can't wait to hear everyone's thoughts on the Knicks. We'll see you there. Green Room, changing the way we talk sports. And as we come back, we wanted to remind you that today on the road to the finals, our NBA playoffs coverage is brought to you by Michelob Ultra. It's only worth it if you enjoy it. And at 2.6 carbs and 95 calories, we can all enjoy the games a little bit more this season. What what are your what what are the blind spots for Tibbs and how can we compensate for it? And it's it's clear at this point that he wants a, a physical defender of the point guard spot, but it's it's a must because obviously Frank Nilakina didn't really have much of a role on this team, that he is able to penetrate and get into the lane and finish creatively um and, and use his penetration to get a defense in rotation and set up other guys. And, and that was more what the idea of Elf was versus what the reality of Elf was this season. But it's obvious the Knicks need a better version of that point guard, or at the very least, they can't give Tibbs um, a, a, another chance to play someone like Alfred Payton because he's shown that he's willing to play that person over better players if he fits within that archetype. And, and granted, Derek Rose is sort of the ideal version of that and and by the very end of the year um in in the final uh, four games of the Hawks series Tibbs got to a point where he started Derrick Rose so maybe that's maybe it's as simple as that next year and Derrick Rose is the starting point guard but I, I think we can agree given that Rose had a at least for the post knee injury version of himself a career year and maybe that's not super sustainable so you you have to have better options on the roster or or take away the option to play that type of guard. And, and granted, if Rose can replicate what he did this season, and, and maybe this is a conversation for another pod, then you're more than happy with him as your starting point guard. But I'm fascinated to see how the Knicks solve that dilemma because you, you almost have to build your roster around 
Tibbs's biases. And this year they mostly did a good job of that, but completely failed at the point guard position. And it came back to really bite the Knicks at various points this season. Yeah, I think that they made the right move, obviously, by getting Rose, who wound up being really great. But the Elf thing, I think it was just kind of a... I, I, you know, there wasn't too much reporting about, oh, the Knicks were in contact with so-and-so and so-and-so, but it just didn't work out. But it seemed like they were in on guys like Augustine, who was a, a previous... Uh, DJ Augustine, of course, who was a previous Tibbs player that, you know, he had played a ton of minutes in Chicago and stuff. You know, they were in on him. They were in on a number of other uh, point guards, it seemed like, during the offseason. And then once all those fell through, they it seemed like they just kind of went with the guy that they knew that was on the market, which was Elf. And, you know, I, I think that a lot of us probably were hoping that that wouldn't mean playing him a ton. Um, I mean, it's it's crazy to think about, but going into the season, we still were thinking like, oh, what if Dennis Smith Jr. can turn it around? And, you know, there was still the idea of Frank out there as, as a potential you know, starter at the point guard spot, especially once we started seeing Julius Randle doing so much playmaking and we already knew that RJ Barrett could do that and stuff. And, uh, you know, none of that ever came to fruition. And to your point, yeah, like Tibbs at this point, I think just needs to be safe for himself. You can never put a player like Alfred Payton on this team again, because I think all of the speculation from us and others about, oh, is there a front office directive going on here? Is Tibbs being told to play Alfred Payton? Um, you know, instead of other players that would probably be better suited to winning. I think that all went out the window when he trotted Elf out there in game one of the playoffs. Like there was no front office directive at that point. No. And if there was, then this front office has their own flaws that need addressing uh, because there was no excuse for playing Alfred Payton in that first game of the playoffs. There's no excuse for really playing him for any of like the back half of the season, because I just thought that he looked checked out the whole time you know he was never engaged he never looked like he was you know like trying I guess I I, that's really cruel to say but like there just wasn't there, there was no intensity to his game for the better part of the back half of the season and you know there was all these people at games and stuff were were sharing like videos of him like sitting by and you could see it during the broadcast that like all the rest of the Knicks would be up and cheering for the team. And if something great happened, you know, they would all come and greet everybody around mid court, you know, heading into the timeout, whatever. And Alf would just be sitting in the corner by himself at his seat after he had been, you know, benched after his obligatory six, seven minutes to start the game or whatever, or to start each half, you know, he would just like sit by himself and not what didn't really seem part of the team and all that. So I, I don't know. I mean, I agree too. I, I think that um, I think that it, you know, and this goes for every every player on every team that ever gets uh, you know unduly criticized on social media when it goes beyond just basketball. But like he did catch a little too much heat, I think, from people. And you know, there's always going to be a few jackasses that you know go out there and and start you know saying really terrible things to players and stuff like that. And so we had to deal with that, which is unfortunate. But I, all the basketball criticisms, I think, were completely well-founded this year. And, I mean, I it sounds jerky to say, but, like, I, I would be surprised if he finds another NBA job next year. Like, if the Knicks don't re-sign him, which I just am really hoping they do not, I, I just can't see what another team would see in him. There's just – there's nothing – 
there to me at his best. I mean, you know what? This would be a good time to highlight his best game because um, I, I made sure to pull this up. He did have one. He had a couple games that were that were pretty good. There was one game, though, that stood out that was the absolute best one, which made us all say, wow, if this guy can show up more often, the Knicks are in good shape. It was the third game of the season. The Knicks were 0-2, and they faced the Bucks on December 27th at home. Elf comes out. He puts up 27 points, three rebounds, seven assists, shot 12 of 16 from the field, three of three from the three-point line. Really aggressive all game. And that was a huge factor to the, you know, the Knicks getting their first win in that game. Uh, he was passing the ball really well. You know, there was there was so much, so much good from him in this game, you know, as far as attacking the basket, finishing, shooting the three, respectively. Obviously, we knew that like three for three was never going to hold up. But even if he could have gotten to like a 33% clip, that would have been enough instead of his like 20 something percent that he shot for the season. Um, and, and mostly it was the passing. It was, it was that he was driving and then kicking. And that was so important to why that game was so good for him. And it all just seemed to evaporate even as soon as the next game, you know, he just kind of went back to his same old tendencies after that. Like it, it would almost seem like elf would come out there and it, it was almost like he knew certain games that his job was on the line and he would come out and put up a really good game. And then the next game, it would be like, he completely forgot everything that he did well in that previous game and would just go back to the same old stuff that has frustrated all of us for, you know, the whole time that he's been in Knicks. So um, just like the frustrating reality of Alfred Payton, I guess there's, it, you got to take the good with the bad, I guess, but the bad has greatly outweighed the good in these two years. I think that he's been with the Knicks and that's probably what's going to go on to define uh, how he's remembered here is, you know, nobody's going to remember any of the good moments because the bad ones were just so much more loud. All right, we're going to take our second break. As a reminder, today's episode is brought to you by Built Bar, which, if you haven't heard yet, is the best tasting protein bar ever. Did you know that Built Bar has nine delicious flavors plus the occasional limited time flavor? I'm going to list them all out for you real quick. Coconut, coconut almond, cherry, raspberry, mint brownie, peanut butter brownie, double chocolate, and salted caramel. There is really a flavor for everyone. And you already know what my favorite flavor is. It is coconut almonds. I'm a big almond joy guy. Coconut almond built bars taste exactly like an almond joy. Even have little pieces of almond in them. They are so, so tasty. Definitely gives me that candy bar experience. And on the bright side, it does not give me any candy bar guilt because all Built Bars have 17 grams of protein, only 130 calories, only 4 grams of sugar, and only 4 grams of net carbs. You're not going to find a better ratio like that anywhere else in even just other, other protein bars, and let alone in a candy bar. Candy bar is going to fill you full of fat and sugar and grossness and no protein. Why would you do that when you could eat a chocolate covered built bar with all that great stuff and that tastes phenomenal so if you want to pick some up for yourself go to builtbar.com and use promo code locked 15 and you'll get 15 percent off your first order again use promo code locked 15 for 15 percent off at builtbar.com and today's show is also brought to you by bet online bet online is the fastest and easiest way to bet on all your sports action Baseball season's in full swing, and you can track all the action at Bet Online. 
Get all the latest news, odds, and info for all your sporting needs, including the MLB, NBA, NHL, and all of your UFC and MMA action. Before the next pitch, head over to betonline.ag on your laptop or mobile device and check out all the great sporting news, sign-up bonuses, and contest information. Don't sit on the sidelines anymore. This is your chance to get into the game as teams are in the playoffs in the NBA and NHL and already starting that summer chase for the pennant in the MLB. So head to the website betonline.ag or use your mobile device to sign up today and receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit with promo code locked on. Again, that's promo code locked on for 50% welcome bonus at betonline.ag. BetOnline, your online sportsbook experts. All I'm going to remember are just the the contested layups with RJ Barrett open in the corner. The, you know, for times both years, and Julius Randle got over this this year, but Elf never really did, of just like straight up ignoring RJ Barrett. Um, last year playing essentially two-man game with Julius all day when neither of them were particularly good uh, in the 19-20 the to 20 season. And, you know, just the the floaters that could never find anything other than front rim for some reason. Like, he just was incapable of shooting a good floater and blocking, you know, players that I would have rather see play, like Frank Nilakina or Emmanuel Quickly, who I didn't even bring up earlier when I was talking about him. Just all these different players, you know, that, that could have been playing more, but because of Alfred Payton's presence, just never did. That's probably what I'm going to remember him for. Um, I'll throw it to you to, to close the show, Gavin. I'll just say, as far as predictions on Elf, uh, I say this as a hopeful thing, but also I think this is realistic. I don't think he's back next year. I think this front office took him just as an emergency valve, but I think that they're probably going to look to address the point guard spot in the draft if they hold on to the 19 and 21 picks, or maybe they'll even trade up for someone like a Giddy or um, uh, uh Jared Butler or something like that, you know, try to get someone in the late lottery, something like that in the draft and, you know, address the position that way and have whoever they draft back up Derek Rose and then maybe even sign another point guard on top of things. Plus give quickly some chance to earn some minutes at that position as well. Um, I think Elf's gone. I think that he was only brought back because it was like, not an emergency situation, but just a situation where they said, well, we'll have a little bit of continuity. We'll bring him back for one more year and, and just see how it goes, you know, under Tibbs and everything. It did not go well. And hopefully the front office realizes that hopefully Brock Aller gives all those stats that we just did to, uh, to Leon Rose and says, do not bring this guy back. Do not give Tibbs an opportunity to play this guy again. Um, and he's not on the team next year. But Gavin, you can you can bring it home. That's my my piece on Alfred Payton. I wish him the best, but I don't want to see him on the Knicks anymore. Yeah, I think. I mean, I guess they're gonna find out. It, it's weird because maybe maybe it's because I've I've a limited capacity to process uh, trauma or or like the scope of how bad things could get. But I, I didn't I didn't even before you mentioned it. I didn't even think about it as a possibility that the Knicks could bring. Alfred Payton back. I mean, is it? It seems so obvious, and yet we we thought it seemed so obvious all year, and he he kept on starting. And I wonder. It, I, I I wish we could give Tibbs truth serum and say, all right, was was that a was that a genuine breakthrough? Did you realize finally that he wasn't helping the team in the playoffs, 
Or did you think this is a guy that helped us win a whole lot of games in the regular season? And for whatever reason, his game just didn't translate particularly well against the Atlanta Hawks. And I, I think I'll, I'll end in, in, in a forward-looking spot. Let's say, let's say he did figure it out on Elf. Um, did, he, did he figure things out in terms of the Knicks against some of the best teams in the league that they can't play a big who, who's a zero of a threat offensively? Um, with, with New Orleans Noel and Taj Gibson, or, or a big that just can't guard on the perimeter. And I know that's that's a question for another day and another pod, but that, that's sort of what I'm thinking about today. After watching Rudy Gobert, who again this year set records in, in every conceivable advanced defensive metric, um, to some extent have his ability mitigated by a team going small against him. And, and, and again, the connection there is that we're, we're, we're talking about Areas of the game where Tibbs has to be willing to adjust or modernize and leave his comfort zone, which is a hard thing to do. Maybe we're at the point at with Elf at the point guard spot, no pun intended, where, where that will be the case. Um, will that will that kind of um, evolution take place in other capacities of, of what he does? And, and does it have to be something that's front office driven or, or does it have to be internal? I think ultimately it'll be a bit of both. But if, if Alfred Payton is back, it, it will it, it will tell you there is a definitive cap on the Knicks' future, and and that this ultimately and, and this sounds this sounds melodramatic, but I, I do believe it that the, the Knicks can only go so far with Tom Thibodeau as their head coach. If, if he's gone, it should give you a little bit of hope. And on that note, we will wrap up this edition of our player review series. But uh, stay tuned; there will be. Far more to come. And if you're listening today, which is uh, which is Thursday, um, remember to join us tonight at 5.30 for our green room. That's right. It's no longer locker room. It's called green room now. You don't have to do anything special with your app or re-download it. Um, it'll still be there. It'll just update and rename itself. So join us at 5.30 for a green room. I feel kind of gross saying that. It sounds like we're going to be talking about the Celtics. But rest assured, it'll be all Knicks. So join us tonight at 5.30.